Praise God. Let's just pray and ask God, before we come to the preaching of his word, just ask God for his help. Father, pray that you will just give us ears to hear, Lord. Ears to hear what you are saying in your word, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've entitled this message, uh, What Does It Mean? As we think about um, the death of Jesus Christ, many people know some things that Jesus said on the cross. Some of us know that Jesus said words like, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they are amazed that Jesus could pray for the evil men who were crucifying him to the cross. Others may be aware that Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And again, they feel the depth of separation that must have gone through Jesus' heart when God turned away from him, could not look on his own son because the Bible says that Jesus was made sin for us. But here in the Gospel of John, is another saying of Jesus that many people don't think about. And we read it earlier on today, and it's this, looking later, knowing that everything had had now been finished, and so that scripture will be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. I thirst. What's that about? What did it mean when Jesus turned around and said, I thirst? And we know what happened after um, they, um, he said that, they, they, they tried to give him a drink. The Old Testament predicted that was going to happen. What did they give him to drink? They gave him, they tried to give him some, some, some vinegar to drink and in Psalm 69, we read these words. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. That was all the way in the Psalms. But we come to the cross and Jesus is nailed to the cross now and he says, I thirst. So what did he mean? Did he thirst because it was a hot day? that he had been under great suffering, that he had been bruised and beaten, and, and, and maybe that is the reason why he was thirsty. And so he said, I thirst. Was it because he's spoken already on the cross, and to speak on the cross was hard work? You had to raise yourself on the nails to get some air in your lungs in order to speak. And there may be, you know, the effort of speaking made him thirsty. And that's why he said, I thirst. You know, knowing Jesus, nothing is wasted. When he speaks, nothing is wasted. And so two things that I want to bring to you this this morning. Why did Jesus say, I thirst? What did he mean? Well, the first thing I want you to look at is separation. 
um, I need to take you back into John's gospel to a time to understand what he means about thirsting. I need to take you back to a time when Jesus met a woman at a well. Jesus meets a ungodly, immoral woman in the middle of the afternoon. She comes out in the middle of the afternoon to draw water from the well because he doesn't want to meet anyone else. Everyone else goes early in the morning, but this woman goes out in the middle of the afternoon. Why does she go out in the middle of the afternoon? Because she had lived an immoral, sinful life. She had had five husbands, and the one who she's living with now was not her husband. And so she goes out in the middle of the afternoon to draw water, and Jesus meets her. And when he meets her, and when he speaks to her, he said these words to her. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And he said this to this woman because this woman lived a life separated from God, doing her own thing. She was so busy in wanting to make sure she found the love of her life or she find another man or she go and done another thing and she, she was doing what she pleased. But she was separated from God and she was never satisfied. And Jesus turned around and said this to her, listen, you will never be satisfied in life unless you come to me. I am able to quench your thirst. In fact, Jesus said to her um, these words, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him And he will have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God, I am the gift of God, he's saying. And if you've asked me, I will give you something that will satisfy you. I will give something to you that will make your life complete. If you had asked me, I will give you living water, says Jesus. Indeed, your relationship with God will be an eternal relationship. Now let's go back to the cross. Jesus told the woman that she can have a relationship with God and that relationship, her thirst will be quenched. She will have a relationship that's eternal. But now let's go back to the cross. And on the cross... Jesus cries out, I am thirsty. The reason why he said that, let the Bible tell you in Psalm, says this, 63, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land 
where there is no, no water. Oh God, you're my God. What was happening to Jesus when he said, I thirst? He was saying, God, I am separated from you. You are the living water. You are the spring that gives me joy and satisfaction. You are my all in all. God, I thirst after you. I'm no longer connected to you. I'm no longer having fellowship with you. I'm no longer one with you. I am separated from you. And before he died, he cries out, I thirst. Because he knows that he said to the woman at the well, if you want true satisfaction, don't drink this water, you will thirst again. But if you want to have true satisfaction, have the water that I will provide. He knows that the psalmist says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts after you. And now Jesus on the cross is separated from God. And that's why he cries out, I thirst. I thirst. You know, Jesus is still preaching. People think, oh, he tells a sermon on the mount. He preaches there. Or maybe by the Sea of Galilee, we see him standing there preaching. Or maybe he's standing on a boat and he's addressing crowds. Or maybe he's feeding the 5,000 and he's preaching. But I want to tell you this morning, Jesus was preaching from the crucified position this morning. He was preaching from the cross. And when he was on the cross and he said, I thirst, he was saying this. Nothing will satisfy you. When you come to die, and everybody will die, when you come to die, he says, if you are not forgiven, if you are not born again, if you, are not, if you do not have a relationship with Christ, when you come to die, you will thirst. Just like I am thirsty. You will thirst, just like I am saying, I thirst. You will say the same thing, and Jesus is preaching to you on the cross this morning by using that word, I thirst. You know, he told a parable of a poor man named Lazarus and of a rich man. The Bible says both of them died. Lazarus was taken into the presence of God in the sight of Abraham. But look what the rich man said. The Bible says what he says in Luke chapter 16. says this. This is the rich man. The rich man calls to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. In other words, this rich man is saying this. I'm thirsty. Why was he thirsty? Was it hot where he was? Why was he thirsty? Was he in torment where he was? I tell you why he was thirsty. He was thirsty because he was separated from God. That is why he was thirsty. And Jesus is preaching from that crucified position on the cross. And he's saying about himself, 
I am thirsty. And if you were to stop him and say, Jesus, tell me, why are you thirsty? They thought he wanted a drink and they dipped a sponge in wine vinegar and gave it to him, but he didn't want a drink. If you asked him, why are you thirsty? And he would tell you straight, I'm thirsty because I'm separated from God. My soul longs for him. I thirst for him, but he's nowhere to be found because God has turned his face away from Christ. Jesus turned around and said to this woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him. My dear friend, are you asking him this morning? Are you saying to him, I need to be satisfied with you? Nothing else will do it. You can give me the whole world, but that will not cut it. You will give me all the joys that this world has to offer, but it would not satisfy. Nothing will satisfy except you. I want to come to you, Jesus, and get the gift that you have to give me. Because I don't want to be in that place like the rich man who would cry out and say, oh, if only Lazarus will come and dip his finger and put a cooling drop of water on my tongue. I don't want to be there. No, no, no. I want to have a relationship with Christ now. I want to drink deep of the wells of eternal life. Jesus on the cross is still preaching when he says, I thirst. But the second thing that I want to say is not only separation, but the second and the final thing I want to say this morning is completion. I have time to touch just on this very briefly because Jesus also said in our Bible reading, when he had finished, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Sometimes, you know, when you write an essay, you need to have a conclusion. Um... Not that I write many essays. I mean, Jeff came up to me um, this morning and he looked at Joseph and said, Joseph, you're the brains of the family. Um, your dad hasn't got the same sort of brains you have. And, and, and he's right. I, I don't write essays. But I know that when you write an essay, you've got to have a conclusion. Or maybe you are reading a book. At the end of the book, there's an epilogue that wraps up the book and finishes it off. And... When somebody dies, maybe they might leave their last will and testament for you to read through their last words, as it were, as they close up their business. But Jesus' last words on the cross was not a closing chapter. Jesus' last words on the cross was not just to wrap up his business down here. No, no, no. His words on the cross was an opening chapter. The words, it is finished, will be better translated, it is accomplished. The words, it is finished, 
will be better translated, it is completed. That's a better translation for us today. You see, the work that I have come to do, says Jesus, the work that I have come to complete, man, it was hard. Everybody was against me. Men was against me. Demons was against me. Devils was against me. This old flesh was against me. Everything was against me, says Jesus. But he says, I've gone to the cross. And before I bow my head, I want to say just one thing. It is accomplished. I have done it. I have finished it. I have completed the work that God has sent me to do. It is finished. I can remember my father coming over in the, the UK. Uh, my father um, came as an immigrant back in the 1950s. He couldn't read and he couldn't write. And he worked for a building company called Waits. And um, he worked for them for many years. Became a foreman in their, in their establishment. But I can remember um, that he bought the family home for um, £4,000. And his mortgage every month came to remind me, because she was helping him with his mortgage, um, sorting out his business. His mortgage was £11 a month. That's pretty cool, isn't it? £11 a month for his mortgage. And, um, but I can remember the day when my dad walked in and said, I paid off my mortgage. Some of you might know the feeling. Some of you still thinking about it. I've paid off my mortgage, he said. It is finished. That debt that I took 25 years ago on, that debt that took most of my wages, he said, is finally paid off. My dear friends, Christ carried the burden of your sin on the cross. He carried the debt that you owe, that I owe. I don't care how old you are. You could be an old man, you could be a very young man. The debt of sin was laid on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he took it all. So when he was on the cross, before he bowed his head, he said, I paid it off. I finished it. It's completed. We rejoice over a mortgage payment being paid and paid off. But Jesus rejoiced over the sin of the whole world being completely and totally cancelled in him. Every debt that you owe to God completely and totally cancelled. And he said, it is accomplished. I have finished it. So when you see him bowing his head, when you see him breathing his last, it is not over. New life is coming. It is not over. Jesus is not going to remain in the tomb. It is not over. He is one who turns around and says, come to me and I will give you 
living water. Isaiah says this. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. That is Jesus speaking from the book of Isaiah. That is Jesus declaring to the nations, declaring to you, don't worry about coming with, with money. Don't worry about coming with, with gifts and abilities. Don't worry about coming with your works and your deeds. No, no, no. Come with nothing. Come just as you are. Come to the fountain and drink. Praise be to God. And as you come, it will not just be water. Wonderful it is. He lays out a banquet. There's wine and milk, he says. There's richness on my table. Come, all you who are weary and are heavy laden. Come, and I will give you rest. That is the Jesus on that cross. Is he broken physically? Yes. Has he been bashed up and beaten up? Yes. Is he bleeding and torn and broken? Yes. But is he spiritually strong? The answer to that is yes. And he's still preaching. And he says, I'm thirsty. And my thirst now is in order so that you will never be thirsty. I thirst now so you will never experience what I have experienced. I thirst now so that you can be full. That is the message of Easter. How can men not have that message? Why are there so many empty chairs in our church? Why are there so many people out there trying to fulfill a thirst that they can never quench? And yet in Christ, there's living water. Praise be to God that his grace has come to you and has come to me. And it caused us to see where true satisfaction lies. It lies in Christ and in Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Sometimes we read a simple statement like, I thirst, and we wonder what it means. And yet in that, in those two words, there's so much, oh God. And I pray, Lord, that as we go from this place, as Tom said, and as Jenna said, and as Alfie said, Lord, as we go from this place, we will know that the Easter, the Passover, means so much more to us because it's there where, I, where our thirst is quenched it's quenched in Christ and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name Amen